Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Randy Carraway, an information security professional most recently with J.P. Morgan Chase, and he also sits on the CISM Certification Board with Asaka. Randy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Randy, could you just to sort of set some context for us, tell us a little bit about yourself, your recent banking responsibilities, and specifically about your role with ISACA, what you do there. Well, my most recent banking responsibilities was in the area of uh, access and authentication service delivery. Um, I've also worked with uh, PKIs, uh, you know, encrypted key technology. Uh, network security, I'm a, uh, I guess you can call an information security generalist. I have over 15 years uh, experience in a variety of responsibilities from from a simple log reading to, uh, uh, you know, uh, hospital management and things like that. My role in Osaka is uh, where the uh, CISM, that stands for Certified Information Security Manager, uh, certification board. And as such, we like to, uh, we work primarily on making sure that the CISM certification stays uh, robust and that uh, we try to keep up with current technologies, current issues in the uh, security industry. Um, you know, primarily uh, uh, four or five board members that that I work with uh, a lot are, are financial service people. So uh, uh, we work hard. We also have military people, healthcare people. So I mean, it's a very broad-based certification, and and we work hard to keep it uh, very robust and very current. Now, Randy, you've seen firsthand the impact of the economic downturn. So I wanted to ask you. How should banking and security leaders be protecting their own careers today in the times that we're experiencing? Well, the the I guess the 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 key word I I would use is that banks and bankers and and you know bank support personnel like myself need to need to rely on the word trust and trust is gold right now. Uh, it, you know that uh, from a data management standpoint. Um, you know, that's reliability, integrity, and accuracy, and we'll talk more about those in a little bit. But from a customer standpoint, uh, uh, you know, we have a great deal of uncertainty, uh, a great deal of issues, and if your bank or your financial institution can, can provide uh, that trust, then uh, you're going to be in good shape. If, on the other hand, there's uh, some questionable things going on, and and or or just plain, you know, um, mess ups and minor mistakes. That trust is going to go away, and uh, it's going to be difficult to regain it at least for two or three years. So, um, you know, I don't want to use the term "be paranoid," but be, uh, you know, be very diligent in in what's going on, and and from the standpoint of checking numbers. Uh, you know, approach those things with a great deal of healthy skepticism. Well, it's interesting because one of the things we always say is that trust is at the core of banking, and that you know customers need to trust that their their financial assets and their informational assets are going to be safe. But it sounds like what you're saying is trust is key within the institution itself in the hierarchy oh, of employees. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. And and um, you know, I mean, from the standpoint of 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 what that means is is from a reliability standpoint is is that your systems uh, are are up there. They're doing their job. Your protection systems are are providing good protection. Your network uh, is. Uh, uh, a constant variable. Uh, your people are, are constantly working on that. Uh, you know what your your firewall rules look like and what they're supposed to do, and more importantly, what they won't do for you. And then uh, the age-old story of, of providing defense in depth. I mean, uh, we've read read recently, you know, about cyber firms that that you know were saying one thing, but but reality is not there that. The the good CISM knows that that when it's all said and done, he has to deal with the reality of what's out there, and not what he wishes the reality to be. And that being said, you know he's constantly looking, he's constantly checking, uh, he's using good metrics in terms of access attempts and so on. Uh, he's he's you know doing path tracing testing. Now that being said, uh, in you know, in times like these, when when money is very tight, uh, that person needs to really he or her needs to really align his priorities with the business goals and and risk management within the firm. Uh, and you know, that's that's being uh, open about what's there, being open about what's going on with his or her systems, and then more importantly, engaging with the uh, C-level executive, saying, okay, here's what. Here's what I think you want to do going forward. Here's what I think the goals are. Here's what I think the mission is. Here's what I think we can do uh, to support that and enhance that in in either a reactive way if if you're a little bit behind the power curve or in a proactive way. Uh, you know, it's always difficult for information security managers uh, to rationalize cost. Okay, cost benefits mainly because uh, our job is to make sure bad things don't happen. Uh, that being said, you know there are ways to uh, uh, show how you're preventing things and that those preventions have saved dollars or lowered insurance premiums or various things like that. Now, Randy, you, you've got some some insight on what people are facing as priorities today. As you look at 2009, what do you see as sort of the top two or three um, strategic priorities for banking and security executives? Well, as we spoke to earlier, the issues of, of providing you know good, reliable systems, accurate data, uh, systems that have a high degree of integrity, which one part of integrity, of course, is regulatory compliance. And uh, uh, those are going to be uh, up front. Now, that being said, you're going to be needing to do that in a very efficient manner. And if you haven't stepped up to the idea of, of doing it with uh, less less staff or, or less resources, then, you know, you need to do that. You need to contemplate that. There, there's an age military saying, uh, planning is ev- everything to plan nothing. So the whole purpose of planning is to get out there and see what the see what the sensitivities are, see where things are going, see what indicators you can find to uh, uh, see see what the next step will be or what the next scenario looks like or or where things are headed, 
and then recognize full well that uh, nothing is set in stone right now. Things can change and change very rapidly, as we saw during the second half of the last year. I mean, you know, giant banking institutions that were thought to be, you know, just just granite to the core were suddenly absorbed by other institutions or found found to be, uh, uh, you know, lacking in certain capabilities. And now, you know, they're struggling for cash. They're struggling for uh, uh Various other things, and and you know one of the things that uh, you've got to uh, uh, provide your group is is you know that if you say the information systems are this way and they're doing this, even in the area of outsourcing, uh, you got to be you you got to be able to verify it. You got to show proof of it, and then you've got to show reliability and backups and 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 sustainability in depth. I guess is the way to do it. That you, the deal is, is that you just don't have backups, but you have backups for the backups. You know, the backups are tested. Those type of things. The other concept I use, or, or, or have talked to someone, is is what I call graceful degradation. Uh, if a system goes down, or if uh, uh, you lose a member of uh, a key member of your staff, and this is uh, uh, certainly possible. You know what sort of degradation in service are are you looking at, and will it be of a nature that a you need to plan for that and and have people in training all already to replace those personnel or pick up those duties of of that person or persons, and b um, or is it something that you need to seriously think about not doing because. It, it goes after your, your higher priority core systems and, and, you know, spreads you too thin or spreads your group too thin. And, uh, the other thing, of course, which is overall is, is money. I mean, I'm, I mean, money's tight, times are tight, people are tight. Uh, uh you gotta think in terms of value and you gotta think in terms of value to your institution, uh, both in the short run and in the long run. You make a good point, Randy, about uh, resources, whether they be financial or staff, being tight. But at the same time, I don't see regulators taking it easy on banking institutions, and I don't see the threats taking it easy. You know, what, what's your insight on this? What do you think we're going no, to see? No, especially the the threat or the various threats. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, you can uh, uh, look at that and say, uh, well, a lot of the threat. You know, right now is just environment. I mean, things are tight. Uh, uh, there's questionable, uh, questionable issues. People had a lot of things that they thought were rock soft at values like mortgage bonds and this, that, that, and the other, and they find out that no, that's not the case. They're not rock solid, or at least as a basis of value for derivative securities, uh, uh, there's questions there. Yes, uh, uh, you cert- certainly need to question it. Regulators, on the other hand, are, are um, yeah, regulation to a large degree is always a reactive stance, okay? And uh, it's always uh, uh, a stance in that if uh, you you had some extraordinarily, shall we say, questionable practices going on, well, the regulator has to approach it from the standpoint of saying, um, you know, this is this is something. 
we have to look for, and they will look at, at it from that standpoint, but it's very reactive, and sometimes it's very political. You as the information security guy have got to be able to anticipate that, to know that uh, you're working very hard, that you have good SOX procedures in place, that you have strong, verifiable documentation of what's going on. Uh, you know, you, you anticipate the need to sample these products and some, uh, uh, excuse me, sample these processes in some sort of reasonable fashion and then keep the results and, and more importantly be, be, be painfully honest about what the results show. Okay. In that case, then the regulator, regulators come in and they say, okay, these guys, you know, these guys aren't trying to paint a rosy picture. They're trying to paint an accurate picture. And that is your, your, your best defense. Because in that, if, you know, you can't keep things from going bad. You can't keep things from, from, from being difficult. But what you can do is be, is be very re- realistic about it and be very honest about it. And, and concurrently, Provide that information up through to the sea level, uh, in, individuals, again, showing them that you're in line with their expectations, you're in line in what their missions and, and goals are. One of the key ones, of course, is survival and, and, and viability, uh, in terms of, of long-term stance and, and tell them, you know, here's what's going on, here's what we believe, here's a corrective action. And this one, this corrective action is, is, you know, reasonably compliant. Second, uh, it deals aggressively with a threat. There's no, a Lazu, which is an old Chinese uh, person that says, you know, every problem solvable as long as it's small. Yeah, it, that's the other key thing for a CISM do is, is, to jump on these things while they're still manageable, to jump on these things while while they're still controllable. Reason being is is that if they are small and still controllable, uh, you found them. On the other hand, if they are the tip of the iceberg, it's nice to know about what's going on with the iceberg before the regulators find out about it, and then and then uh, uh, subsequently, of course, the media finds out about it. Uh, uh, you have to have a good media plan, and it has to be a realistic media plan that says, you know, yeah, we have this problem, we've seen this thing, we're taking the appropriate action, here's the appropriate action we're taking, and 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 uh, be open about that, and not, you know, not attempt to uh, uh, put a false face on things. Uh, you need to put an accurate face on things. Yeah, one other question along this line, Randy. You've been on the inside, and we hear an awful uh-huh. lot now about the heightened insider threat. How realistic is that? Are we seeing people that are, are desperate for financial reasons or for fear of their careers? And is that a heightened threat with inside a banking institution? Well, I, more so than in previous years, I don't think so. Um, the caveat to that would be that, uh, you know, the 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 important thing comes up there is is how much of a personal threat uh, is it to an individual uh, if you've got people that have alternatives that have uh, questions yeah, the issue of just the general insider uh, issue uh, uh, you know threat always being there the fact that you have 10,000 or 15 or even 50 people 
that know as much about your business as you do, and uh, you can't control what they say or do outside the bounds of of the business. And yes, of course, that's a vulnerability. And and the answer to that, or the expect of that, is is one get them on board. You know, get them on on a consensus. Uh, second is there's a good concept out there which we push very, uh, which I don't want to say we push, which we work to, which is the idea of convergence, which means that if a person sees a laptop lying around with no apparent owner they within the company, they do something about it. You know, uh, they see a, a briefcase that's unattended, they do something about it, rather than just say, geez, is, there's a briefcase there, I wonder what the heck's going on, you know, that type of thing. Uh, uh, they see conversations take place. Uh, they go past an in, individual uh, who has sensitive data laying on on their desk in open sight, and you know they step up to it. Now that doesn't mean they try to create a problem or they try try to create a disciplinary action. They just say, hey, you know, you need to be thinking about about these things, and that's where. Uh, in this year, I would hope that a lot of CISMs are talking seriously. Uh, and, and, and working harder in terms of educating employees because they are going to find themselves faced with decisions, you know, serious decisions, decisions that have a great deal of impact. And one, they need to be knowledgeable of that. And two, they need to be, uh, uh comfortable enough making those decisions and, and comfortable enough, uh, with the company, i.e. trusting of the firm that, you know, if I make this decision this way, which may not are necessarily benefit me but it's the right thing to do I'm going to do the right thing here uh, uh, you know people need to be able to know that doing the right thing works well and then that helps you work with the inside or threat uh, uh, my experience has been that people you know there's a sorrowful question people don't steal to be dishonest people steal because they're fearful of something they're fearful of you know, physical issues, hunger, uh, uh, lack of prestige or something like that, or they steal it just out of plain ignorance. And as such, uh, uh, in both cases, those are trainable issues. You know, uh, uh, one, you reduce fear, you reduce uncertainty, and two, you say, no, this is an area, this is the type of stuff that you need to take uh, a, a special care with. And, you know, that gets back to your policies and your information and your regulatory compliance regarding your information classification policy, your data retention policies, uh, your appropriate use policies, and, uh, uh, you know, enforcing those in, in a realistic and, and consistent manner. And then I think you'll find your insight or threat is certainly manageable. It never goes away. You know, just due to the nature of people and the fact that, you know, on any company, who's the biggest user? Well, of course, the insiders. Eighty percent of your systems are being used by insiders all the time for 90 percent of the effort that's going on. Now, that's, you know, that's just a exposure issue. So, so you know, uh, specifically, you know, making them knowledgeable about uh you know, fishing expeditions, social engineering concepts, uh, about, you know, using, uh, uh, the appropriate passwords, using their, uh, secure transmissions, uh, you know, taking, 
good measures with the information they get out. Be careful what they print off. Uh, be careful about what they take home. You know, a good flash drive use policy, uh, locking down your laptops. Those type of things are all uh, uh, they're two way. Uh, uh, they're two edged swords. One, they protect you against the outside, but they also uh, help the employee. You know, uh, do the uh, appropriate thing, not wander into a, a set of circumstances where they're not prepared to deal with, or or they get taken advantage of. And uh, uh, yes, the inside hacker threat is there, and uh, the best thing you can do is get your people all on the same plan and 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 working with you as a secure security person instead of working against you. That makes sense, um, Randy. Let's talk about ISACA a little bit. What's ISACA uh-huh. doing as an organization to respond to respond to these times that we're in? Well, ISACA has several things going. Of course, we have uh, uh, the certification process, which is real robust uh, for the information auditors, uh, the CISA, CISA. Uh, recently, they've stepped up with the uh, 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 governance certification. And, of course, in the uh, uh, CISM, uh, this particular group I work with is, uh, uh, you know, we're constantly looking at methods. Uh, we're looking at issues. One of the big things we're working with right now is wireless and, you know, what's going on with handheld wireless as well as, uh, you know, wireless networking and things like that. Um, you know, they have uh, a lot of publications out there regarding uh, security. They have uh, uh, their instrumental and, and uh, several metrics groups, uh, both on uh, both uh, in the United States and, and uh, throughout the globe. Uh, they also have a, a, a some input. I mean, they're not you know writing regulations, but they certainly are looking at the issues of how do we provide good information assurance and good system assurance because of uh, uh, worldwide concerns. Uh, you know, the recent issue with the outsourcing firm in India, uh, that has popped up uh, again, and then ISAC is going back and looking through the, the taskings in the knowledge base and saying, okay, was there something here that we didn't help people see? Is there something that we need to add to the training that talks about when you're doing a due diligence on a outsourcing firm what are the key characteristics you need to think of? Well, you know, it comes up to say, well, it, it, you know, you can't just presume that, uh, um, you know, accounting standards are, are, while while they attempt to do the same thing, certainly are going to be consistently applied everywhere. So, so in terms of due diligence, here's some steps you need to take in terms of uh, uh, reviewing the firm's capability, reviewing the firm's financials, reviewing the firm's um, uh, service level agreements and contracts you have with them. Um, you know, th- what's nice about ISACA is, is that it is a wonderful clearinghouse right now of information, too. It's a long-term uh, training solution. I mean, these guys have been doing this, you know, for, for as long as I can remember. And that's been a while. <laughs> so, and, and, and more importantly, they have consistent use and they consistently talk with the practitioners from around the globe. Uh, on our board, for example, we have personnel from India, 
uh, from Spain, from Europe. Uh, at one point in time, we had people from Venezuela. We have uh, two members uh, from Argentina and uh, uh, Bolivia. Uh, you know, we and and then of course we have some uh, one individual. At one point in time, we had from South Africa, and then we have one or two people from Australia. So it's a is a constant thing as well as, excuse me, the Far East in terms of Japan and Korea. I don't want to leave anybody out there. Sure. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's constantly there. So, so I mean, there's a constant forum of, okay, what's the big issues? What's going on? What, what's your take on the current economic crisis, perhaps with the U.S. or with Japan? How's this impacting you? How's it affecting uh, your individuals, your customers, your senior management, um, you know, what, what sort of cultural differences come up, you know, those type of things. So, so we're constantly looking at, at that. We meet several times during the year, uh, not just to look at our test materials, but, but to look at the validity of what the test materials and what the, uh, uh, you know, educational materials say is this a good concept to teach does it make sense is it uh, valid is it a culturally neutral concept that that we're teaching um, you know that type of uh, process is taking place and of course ISACA does that not just in the inf information security but in the uh, uh, information audit now in in the governance space so so I think that's those are the big things that ISACA does, and, and, you know, they've been doing them well, and, and as far as I know, they're going to keep doing them well, certainly. I'm going to do my part in that regard, certainly. Very good. Randy, one last question for you. How are you going to approach this next step in your own career? Uh, well, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm a, a, a guy who's done lots of things. I mean, like I said earlier in, in our discussion, I have a, a broad uh, expansive experience. So, so going forward, right now, I'm I'm in the process of, of assessing that. I'm doing some consulting. Um, I'm also looking well into the education field. Uh, uh, the big thing for that's going forward is is uh, looking at uh, uh, you know what the basics are, what's taking place, uh, doing. Uh, for several firms, some, some root cause analysis of what's going on. Second, uh, working with the uh, trade associations, uh, you know, look, looking to get back to the situation of, of uh, being in a position to solve problems because that's what it's about in the information security world. I mean, if we do our jobs right and we do them very, very well, we eventually work ourselves out of a job, uh, you know, Right now, I don't think that's going to be a, a, a big problem because there's a lot of stuff going on. But, but um, you know, my plans are to uh, probably do some serious consulting oh, for the next two years because I feel like, you know, there's certainly a, a potential there. There's certainly a market there. Well, Randy, I appreciate your time and your insights today, and I wish you well Thanks, in, your, in your future endeavors. Okay, you too. Take care. We've been talking with Randy Carraway, information security professional. For okay. Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.